you have, boy and a girl. I never had the op I had three girls. I never had the opportunity to get one of these ones. <laughs> but that's okay. I don't, uh, I don't have any regrets, believe me. No regrets at all. Three daughters was incredible. So this morning, we're going to take this beautiful little girl, Deandra, and we're just going to pray God's blessing upon her. We're going to ask God to look after her. We're going to ask God to keep her. In that age when she comes to an understanding that she'll receive Jesus. And we're, then we're going, to pray, um, we're going to pray for her parents and blessing. And, um, and God would uh, bless them as parents as well. So do you mind if I take this precious little girl? Here she is. Can we? She looks up at me and says, that is not bad. <laughs> Believe me, honey, I certainly do look different, don't I? But that's okay. Wow. Here she is. I just, is that okay if we show her off? Here she is. There she is. Beautiful little girl. You know, God has given us the ability to have children. Isn't that a wonderful representation of new life? You know, and uh, she's okay holding her, her head up. Is that okay? Get a look over there. <laughs> Amen. So we're just going to pray for her now. And I'd just invite her parents and the godparents. I'll, if you'd like to place your hands, just hold her hand or just put your hands upon her. That'd be wonderful. Good on you. We're going to pray for her. Father, we thank you for Deandra. We thank you for this little girl. We thank you for every child that is born. Is, is, is um, Father, your choice and your blessing upon... It's a gift, the Word of God says, to us as parents. And we would pray for Deandra, and we pray your blessing upon this little girl. We pray you'd keep her and protect her and look after her. And Father, all the days of her life, that she would know the joy of living and the joy of life. And then at the right age, she'd know the joy of receiving Jesus into her life. We commit her to you now. As Jesus was brought into the temple and he was dedicated, as Mary and Joseph brought him into that temple, we dedicate this little precious one. We pray your blessing upon her, your keeping power, and your anointing upon this little life. And Father, we ask this in Jesus' name, and we commit it to you now. Amen. 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 Who would like to take? Yeah. Say thank you for both of them, and I thank you for, uh, Father, your hand would be upon them and bless them, that you would help them as they parent, as they seek to bring up this child, as they seek to love her and, and love their son as well. And we would also ask, Lord, that you'd bless their marriage and bless their future. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name, and we commit them to you. We thank you for them, precious people they are. And uh, we ask this. And Lord, just be with uh, Colin and Kayon as they would seek to support and love and this family as well as they represent the support team, the help, the godparents. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Amen. Past and my sin. And we've, you know, and the truth is we, we face the struggles of life, don't we? Even if you're a Christian this morning and you have a belief in Jesus, you still face struggles, you still face your fair share of challenges throughout life, and you still face some pain in life. But I want to tell you this morning that Christ rose victorious so we can in life. It just says this in Romans 8.11. Let's look at this verse, and this will be the last verse. It says, for the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, if you've received him as your Lord and Savior. I love that. 
There's something so powerful that would raise Christ from the dead, his, God's presence in Christ, and actually can raise us out, up out of our struggle and our pain and our issues and our sin and our past and our shame and give us something that's incredibly powerful. If that same power lives within us, what do, how do we have that? Just by accepting it, by receiving it, acknowledging him. And that's the beauty of, of, of Easter Resurrection Sunday, that the same, that Christ can live in you, us. There was a man in Jesus' life who totally blew it. Um, he denied Christ at the very moment that Christ needed a friend. Uh, even if Jesus needed someone to stand with him, it was his, at his death. It, it, could, it should have been the disciples and then there was the inner three, James, John, and Peter, but even they didn't, they didn't uh, of course, stand with him either. And Peter, Peter, of course, would deny Christ at that very moment that Christ needed him. But for the next three days between Christ's death and his resurrection, there, Peter's life was entwined in a whole set of circumstances that unfolded that day. And we see it here in Mark 16. And when the women in Mark chapter 16... If we go back to the very first passage, we see, um, slide, we see Mark, the, the women went to pay their last respects to Jesus, anoint him, and what they found was, they found that, that Christ wasn't there, Christ had risen from the grave, and, uh, and then they come back to, to the disciples, as you saw in the film clip, and they said, Christ is risen, he's not there, and did you notice when the angel, when they were at the tomb, the young man, of course, dressed in white, was an angel, and when he spoke to them, he said, would you go and tell the disciples that Christ is risen, but would you also tell someone else, would you also tell what? Peter. Why would they make a mention? Why would the angel make mention of Peter's name? Why would God tell the angel to make mention of Peter's name when, when you know, Peter was one of the disciples, wasn't he? Of course he was. Peter. So the question has to be asked, what was it about that Peter had to know about? And you can see where I'm going this morning. Why, why acknowledge Peter? Why single Peter out? Is Peter more special than the other disciples? That he needs to receive a special message? Well, I don't think so. Um, was Peter more favoured by God? No, I don't think so. Did Peter need more forgiveness? Well, no more than the rest of us. But did Peter need to know from Jesus that he was forgiven? Yeah. He needed to rise again. He was this man who had loved Jesus with all of his heart. For three years, he'd sat under his teaching. He, and, and he declared, he, he clearly declared to Jesus, I'm willing to die with you, Jesus. And then when the crunch moment came, Peter said, no. Because Peter, Peter struggled between the flesh and the spirit. In other words, he struggled with the reality. I want to serve Jesus. I want to confess him. But I know that if I tell these people right now that I'm with Jesus... I'll probably be murdered as well. I'll probably go to the cross as well, and I don't want that to happen. And, and so he struggled, like you and I struggle between what we know is right, and, but it was a difficult decision, would you agree? I don't know what I would have done. I hopefully would have said, no, I'm with Jesus. 
and went to maybe a cross as well, but I don't know, to be honest. I've never faced the opportunity or reality of, are you willing to die for your faith? But Peter faced that moment, and we see that he didn't come through too well. He blew it, but he needed to now know that he was forgiven. And so the angel says, would you tell the disciples that, I'm, that Jesus is alive? And also make mention to Peter particularly. Particularly tell Peter. The truth is, Peter had returned to the familiar in those three days, hadn't he? He went back to what he knew. He'd gone back to fishing. He went back to something that he knew that was an element of peace and security about it because he was in turmoil in his heart. He went back to what he'd done before, and he was a fisherman, of course. And remember the time Jesus was on the beach after his death and after his resurrection. He, he appeared 40 days to many people. And he was on the beach and Peter's out fishing. And Peter, of course, Peter finally recognized Jesus. They came in and Jesus is cooking some fish. And that's where Peter uh, was reinstated and restored to Jesus as Jesus asked him three times. You know that Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter knew what Jesus was on about. And Peter was restored. He rose again out of the shame. Peter rose out of the, 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 the crushing emotion of his denial. He rose out of that which he thought, I'm a dead man. I've got no future. I've denied my Savior. Jesus took him and reinstated him, restored him and loved him. For a while there, Peter went backwards to what he knew was best. He, he went back to his old lifestyle. He went back to what he knew. I think Peter, no one sacked Peter as a disciple, but I think he sacked himself. I think some of us sometimes sack ourselves because we live in condemnation of what we've done or we live in condemnation of this or we feel ashamed or we feel like I'll never have a future, I really blew it there, I blew it here with this person. I want to tell you this morning, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that. We need to acknowledge our past our sin, but I want to tell you there is an opportunity to move on and upward from that and to live whole and healthy because Christ rose, we can rise again. I am so glad for the resurrection of Jesus Christ because it is a wonderful metaphor for us. As Peter rose out of the ashes of his shame and denial, as he rose out of the ashes of his struggle in life and what he was facing, and I mean, he actually walked with Jesus. I've never seen Jesus, but we do walk with him, don't we, through the Holy Spirit. And, and Peter was there, and yet he denied, and yet he came to go on to preach even in the, the second chapter of another book in the Bible called Acts and preach a powerful message in that one time and 3,000 people responded. Do you think Peter would have died for Christ later on? Not only would he, but he did. Though the Bible doesn't say, history tells us that Peter actually was martyred for Jesus Christ. Scholars say that he was actually crucified. And Peter, once again, this is not biblical, this is just um, theological thought, but they say Peter actually... I cannot die like my Savior. I must. They, so he, they hung him upside down on a cross and he died that way, hanging from his feet. I don't know, maybe that's true, maybe it's not, it's okay, it doesn't matter. But the point is that Christ, I mean, Peter went through it, didn't he? 
He went all the way. We see the reality that uncertainty um, racked Peter's mind about his future. And I want to just say this morning that uncertainty may be something in our hearts. Am I right with Christ? Am I not right with Christ? Has Christ received me? I want to tell you he's already received you. I want to tell you this morning that you may say, well, does God really love me? Um, does God really accept me? God's already loved you and accepts you, folks. It's just the question this morning is, will you love and accept him? Will you respond to him? Will you accept what he's done into your heart? Will you accept the realities of his? Because I've discovered that my God can't love me any more than he's loved me, and he can't, and he can't um, you know, whether I'm at my best or my worst, he still just loves me. Isn't that wonderful? He's, he can't give me any more love than he does, and he won't give me, certainly won't give me any less than, you know. He loves me in my good times, and he even still just constantly loves me in my terrible times. I think that's an incredible savior we have. The reality is, is that um, Jesus, on that faithful day, had 12 disciples, not just one, not just Peter, but there was another guy called Judas, and Judas... I, I want to tell you that I, would, I believe that Judas could have made it. Even with him selling, he, you know, he, he, he went and kissed Jesus and showed the, the soldiers who was the one they should capture and take arrest. And he sold out for 40 pieces of silver. But I, I would want to say today, if Judas was willing to repent of that and come to Christ, and Judas did, but his repentance was not godly repentance, it was a... It was a a repentance that was, you know, demonically, you know, uh, involved in it. Demons were involved, and of course, he committed suicide. You know, and, and I find that we don't need to let our shame and pain and past take us down the wrong route of life. We need to take it. We need to. We need to understand that God wants us to repent and turn to Him. But the reality is, let it take it, draw us near to Christ and God, and not away from Him. Isn't that true? And so, while Judas eventually took his own life. Peter didn't, and he led him on to great things. Praise God for the Peter story that Peter blew it. Doesn't the Bible make it so real for us today? Doesn't the Bible bring it down to our level? Here is a man who was supposed to be so godly, and yet after three years of being with Christ, he blew it, and yet we see hope and a future for him. Jeremiah says that God has this plan for us, and it's a, and it's a plan to do us good and not evil. Isn't that good? It's a plan to give us a hope and a future, not a, not a terrible... That's a wonderful plan God has for our lives. And, the, and guess what? The plan hasn't changed for you and I today. It's still a great plan, a great purpose, and a hope and a future. I'm so grateful for that. It all came because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. We can see that Christ came, and, and, and that faithful day in Mark chapter, um, whatever, Mark chapter 16, when the angel said to Mary, would you go and tell the disciples that I'm from, I rose from the dead? Would you also make sure Peter knows would you tell Peter because God's calling his name? And I want to tell you this morning, God's calling your name. God's calling you. 
Every individual in this world is special. Whatever tongue, tribe, or race, or nation, he loves us. And I'm so glad about that reality. I see evidence of that all over the world. There's one thing about traveling into other countries that, you, that is so brilliant. When Christ has invaded a person's heart, the same love and the same spirit exists in everybody. Whether black, white, pink, red, or green, I tell you, God, wherever you go, you're welcome to love because of Jesus Christ rose on Easter Sunday. It's good. It is good. I want to encourage us this morning, don't waste the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ by hanging on to your unforgiveness and shame and pain and past, by hanging on to thinking, well, God could never accept or love me because why would he? I've blown it too much. Don't hang on to that anymore. Don't hang on to the thought, well, God doesn't love me because that's a lie. Uh, that's not true. He's, and you may say, but here I am in my, my, doing my own thing and I'll do my own. And does God love me? Yeah, he, he loves you full stop. And the last question, as I said, I've, I asked you before, I'll, I'll ask again, is that it's not a matter of God loving us. It's a matter of whether you receive him and love him. Accept him. And you know, what I find is really powerful is because of the forgiveness I've received, I can then go and forgive others who hurt me. I can then live a life that actually helps other people, that I can go and live a life that actually says, even though you may have um, hurt me or you may have declared or you may have done something to my life, I actually want to know that because of what Christ has done for me, I can do the same to you. And how much better would this world be if we just started to forgive one another? If we just started to love the unlovely? If we started to reach out to the very person that continually bugs us at work? That we, the boss who continually abuses us or misuses us or whatever it may be? To the people in this world that we struggle with and we all do, I'm glad that, we, that God has given us a hope. You know, God could have struggled with us too. The only people that struggle with us is us. We struggle to accept this power, this love, this forgiveness. And the same thing that grows Christ from the dead, the same power that can live in us and we forgive, we can live a life that would champion the cause of Christ and the love for humanity and the love for other people. And just because other people don't reach your standard of Christian living um, and you grapple with their habits and their struggles and their sin, God doesn't. He doesn't accept it. He doesn't want them to do that. Not because um, he's got this evil attitude towards them that they do the wrong thing, you know, get rid of them. No, it's just that he struggles with people in what they do wrong and their sin is because he sees how much it hurts them. And he says, I wish you wouldn't hurt yourself. I wish you wouldn't destroy your life like that because I have such a better plan, such a better future, such a better marriage, such a better set of relationships I could give you if you just would stop hurting yourself and destroying your life. And, and, and that's why he hates the sin in our life. That's why he took it on himself. Jesus on that cross took all of sin. Do you know why God, when Jesus was on the cross and God had to turn his head, it says from looking at Christ, his very son that he loved 
Why did God do that? Because he couldn't, he wanted, because Christ represented every filthiness and sin that the world has ever committed and will ever commit. And it was laid upon Christ's life. And God had to turn his eyes and say, that is putrid, that is bad. And that's really the thing, the relationship was so close between Jesus and his heavenly father. That's the thing that really killed Jesus, I want to tell you. That's the thing that really killed him. But thankfully, it didn't keep him there. And God embraced him, and he rose from the dead victorious. And if Christ Jesus can rise from the dead, so can we. Could we have the musicians come? That'd be great, guys. I was in the Philippines um, yesterday. I was in Manila. And Greg and I, Marbank, where are you, Greg? There we are. Did you have a good sleep? I did too. We went into the marketplace in Manila before we flew out. And um, there's this precious lady. Greg was looking for a bag to put stuff in, just a simple plastic, nice bag. And there's this lady there, and she was selling. She had an armful of bags, and you know, they had all pretty pictures on them, and Greg bought one. And I got to talk to her, and she would have been, you know, Filipino people, they can be 90, but look about 60. You know what I mean? Or they can be 40 and look about 20. You guys are, you guys are incredible. Aussies? When we look 90, we look 90. <laughs> anyway, she was probably, I don't know, 80 plus. She looked about 60, maybe a bit older than that. But anyway, I got to talk to her. And I was just talking to her and I said, I said, and you know, it's easy to witness for Jesus in the Philippines because they're just open. And so I said, are you a Christian? And she said, yes, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. I said, okay, because sometimes, you know, they're just Christian, they just say that. So I said, do you, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I believe in Jesus. I said, have you got a Bible? She says, yes. Um, but have you got a, and she looked at my bag and she says, have you got a Bible in there, a Bible in there? And, and I had to say no, even though I had this, because it would have been hard to explain to maybe that generation of people that this is a Bible. So, you know. I didn't, know if she, I didn't know if she wanted a Bible or not. And I thought, if I say yes, maybe she'll want it. And I really haven't got a hard copy of a Bible. And I don't think an iPad's going to do her justice trying to work that one out. So anyway, she, you know, there's a lot of thoughts you have in the split moment. And anyway, I just had to talk to her. And she said, you know, I have a niece in California in America in her broken English. And she says, a niece, and, and you're over there. And are you Americano? No, I'm Australian. Oh, okay, okay. Because everybody white-faced, I believe, is American. And actually, in fact, if you speak in it with an American accent, Filipinos understand you better. 
But anyway, I'm Australian, and it just I had to share with her and talk, and just my heart was so touched by her walking the streets of Manila. And look, she certainly wasn't living on the streets, but she didn't have much. But you know, the joy in her face when, she, when I asked her about Jesus, and she said, yes, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. And you know, she's selling bags. Greg gave her 180 pesos, and she didn't have change. And Greg said, oh, that's fine. Just keep the 200. Oh, thank you, thank you. 200 pesos, folks, is about $6.50. How's that? Is that okay? 34.5 on the exchange rate at the moment. That'll do. Six dollars, you know, and, she's, and she is there selling, and I'm thinking, this is precious lady, just joy in her life, not much of, of what we would call material needs. She wouldn't have been on the street selling bags if she had a mansion or anything like that. She didn't have a mansion, but she was happy. And she had joy in her heart, and she had friends, and she had relatives, and she was just doing her little bit in life and making a living out of what she could. And you know, the 200 pesos that Greg gave her probably lasted several days for her, and that would be fine, and she was just happy with that. And then, you know, it was just lovely to talk to her and just find a joyful heart. And I want to tell you why I think she had a joyful heart. It's because she had a belief in Jesus, and she had Jesus in her life. And somehow, someway, I believe that she understood the reality that even though this life had maybe not been full of material things and, and life and all the latest gadgets, and that she was selling bags on the street at the age of 80 plus, life was great and it was okay. And you know what? I want to tell you, whatever circumstance you're in, when you have Christ in your life, I tell you, it gives you a peace on the inside that just surpasses anything else the world could ever give you. And so this morning... Would we just stand together as we close? You know, I want to just ask you sincerely, um, do you this morning need to make a response to Jesus? Do you need to say yes to him? And say, yes, would you come and li live in my life? As the scripture says, you know, that Christ can live in us. Maybe this morning you say, well, no, the I haven't got that experience of Christ living in me. Well, that's, um, I'd just like to give you that opportunity. I don't, I'm not going to embarrass anybody this morning or do anything that's going to be detrimental. I just want to ask you that question. Are you sure about your future? Because when you have Jesus in your heart, you can be sure about your future. When you have Christ in your life, you can live not with problem-free, but certainly facing life so much better. As he gives peace. And I'd love you just to close your eyes. And what I'd love you to do, is simply for the fact that I, I need to understand the decision you may make, could you lift your hand this morning and say, yes, pray for me. I'd love you just to pray for me to make sure Christ in my life. Thank you. I see those hands. I thank you. I see that hand. You may put it down. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir and madam. I see those hands. You may put them down. Anybody else this morning? Okay. For the five or six right now who've just lifted their hands, can I make it really simple for everybody? Can we just pray a prayer? Would you repeat that prayer after me? I know it's the, it's the best we have. It simply is something that helps you guys to respond to Christ and start you on this journey of discovery and understanding. And church, can we just join together and do that this morning? When I pray this prayer, I often I recommit my life to Christ. Sometimes every time it's prayed, every Sunday, whenever it's prayed. 
So for the sake of those people this morning who have lifted their hands, let's pray this prayer together. And for, especially for those who have lifted their hand. Heavenly Father, this morning I come to you. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Who died on a cross. And he rose again to take my sin and my past. I give you that sin and past right now. And I ask you to help me to live for you. I thank you, God, that Jesus Christ rose so that I can rise. So I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus died for me and he rose for me as well. And I receive that now in Jesus' name. Help me, Lord, to walk with you in relationship, not religion, but relationship. Help me to understand your word. I pray in Jesus' name. Let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you this morning for these precious lives. Their heart has been stirred and they've raised their hands. Behind their hand is their heart of desire to say yes to you. Thank you, Lord. Help them and strengthen them in that walk. Let there be people that will gather around them to be their friend and support in these times as they walk and start this journey of discovery and love in you. And we ask that in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said? Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's sing this song this morning and rejoice together. Thanks, team. Yes, Lord. All the